Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 15 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here today. To recap, the second leg of the Champions League quarterfinal at the San Siro, Inter versus Benfica, which finishes 3-3 in an absolutely hilarious ending to that game. But on the aggregate, Inter wins 5-3 and is through to the semifinal, setting up a Milan derby. As always, I am Alessandro Raffa, one, ha- one half of your co-hosting duo with Johnny Paterno. Johnny. We did it, man. We did it. We're in the semis. Bro, I am beyond thrilled that we are through to the semis, that we get to play the Cousins, and it's going to be an all-Milan derby for the semifinals. I mean, we couldn't have scripted it better, at least in the Champions League. Obviously, there's things that we wish we could change outside of it, but my goodness, like, bro, I am so pumped. I didn't Listen, I didn't love the way that game ended, but I am so pumped for this. That Barella goal had me screaming. I mean, I went off on Twitter with that. Um, I got. A, I think I got one of my friends who's a Milanese fired because he played that while he was on a. I heard set. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, sorry about your loss, but my goodness, man, what a what a massive, massive accomplishment for us uh, with the ups and downs of the season. Yeah, but I'm just. I'm happy. I'm just happy to be there. To be honest. It's it's hard to wrap your head around the fact that we're one of the last four teams in Europe. After everything that we've been through this season, you know, with with the league performance, with the up and downs in terms of the player performances, with the conversation around is the coach going to get sacked? I mean, what other team in Europe has gone through all of this turbulence, even talking about ownership changing? I mean, Every single aspect of the club feels like it's been a roller coaster throughout the entirety of the season, and yet here we are sitting here at the last four of the Champions League. It truly is um, an amazing achievement. Uh, again, you know, you have to give it to Simone Coppa. We're not gonna we're not gonna call for anything crazy against you today. You have earned yourself a little bit of a respite. But um, Johnny, tell me if you felt like this after Milan won um their tie yesterday did you feel just that little bit extra anxiety that little bit extra nervousness that it's like you know now it's on to us man setting up potentially the biggest games in europe you know to be honest man i didn't um champions league is the only place that i felt confidence uh the only time i was unconfident was going into the barcelona ties or at least the first one um, after that, like when we when we pulled off that miraculous win, um, I really thought anything was possible in the Champions League. I only get anxiety on league days, bro. Mm. Like everyone in the spaces was a little worried about this. I wasn't. Um, I mean, I said it'd be a two nothing win. Disappointment in that regard, but listen, at the end of the we got we got it. If we shave game. off the last five minutes of this game that we just saw, it would have been a two minute yeah, two goal margin like, anyway. Yeah, I feel like they just turned it off. And I, I don't want that in other games. Like we can't. That, that 
that's something I hope that they do talk about and, and do kind of bring up. But also, we didn't have our, our key players in there towards the end either. You know, yeah. I think some of the guys were just a little tired and, and just celebrating already in their head. And you know what? I mean, I guess it's allowed. You know, I can't really hate on it. So, but yeah, the result, you know, it it's matters what happens over the aggregate. And, and they had that wrapped up. So obviously not the best ending to the game, but um you know what we've been able to set up here the uh the champions league semifinal against our cousins in milan the only city in the world with two champions league winners 38 league titles between the two of them i mean are these not <laughs> these legs not going to be the biggest games in football in europe this season i'm i say that very seriously anyone anyone can come attack me I don't know that there's going to be two bigger games in Europe this season than the semifinal in Milan. It's a massive, massive, massive derby, and the, all of Italy is 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 going to be you know have, have their eyes on this one. Yeah, it's um. I mean, listen, uh, some people are complaining this is going to be the worst semifinal in European history. I don't know what what it is that they. How can you say that? You know, between these two teams. There is what ten Champions League titles. Don't Milan have seven or is it eight? I think they have. Regardless, seven. Yep. regardless, you know, seven between them, three for us. I mean, th- th- this is Champions League heritage right here. Yes, we may not be at the levels of teams that we've had in the past, but my goodness, like this is a team that, or two teams that really, I mean, it's gonna be fireworks. You're gonna want to tune in. It doesn't matter. Like Real Madrid and Manchester City, yeah, that's gonna be two powerhouse clubs, right? That's not gonna be, but it's not gonna have the same level of rivalry. You know what? What like maybe there's a rally between Ancelotti and Guardiola if you really want to like make one up, but it do, it's not the same, man. Like this is gonna be huge. This is gonna be bragging rights. This is gonna be a city divided. This is gonna be tearing up families. You know, there's gonna be fights at the dinner table over what happens in on May 9th or 10th. Whatever, whoever has the first leg. If UEFA is smart, they'll put the the second leg as Inter. You know, the second game, the 10th game uh, between Inter and Milan, and that would just like the attention on that game. The Bro, like we have players in this game. You know, you have the defending MVP in Leao. You have arguably the best goalkeeper in the world in Manyan. You probably have arguably the most informed goalkeeper in Europe, at least, in Onana playing. Um, Barella, probably going to win midfielder of the tournament. In my opinion, he should be at some point. Like, it, it, you know, I mean, my goodness. Like, what? There's going to be, uh, I mean, storylines up and down these these this matchup. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for for when this night takes off. What happens in that first leg? I think it's going to be a little tentative on both sides in the in the beginning. You know, they're going to be feeling each other out. Nobody's going to want to make a mistake. Nobody's going to want to be going down into the the second leg. Um, and to be both games in Milano, bro, massive. I cannot wait for the. And, and you know what? Even though I'm not happy with where we are, if you would have told me we'd be in the semifinals of the Champions League coming into the season, not telling me about the league, maybe, but not, to, but I would be, I will take, I would be like, I'll take that. I will. T- now that we're there, I want to go to the finals. It's, it, I cannot stand. I've seen us lose in the Champions League in the knockout stages twice to to Milan. I cannot have it a third time. And when, and at least the first two were when I was younger and like. And not that big of an impact. I didn't have friends who were who were Milanista or new people really who were Milan fans, but it cannot happen. And 
we oh my gosh i i want to get there so bad because once you're there you you'll believe you will believe that you can win yeah it's so you know we spoke about this like the path to get to the final is very realistic because we've watched this game play out over these last two years and inter have had the upper hand not you know it's not been perfect um milan has gone their victories but as of late inter's had had milan's number so it's not crazy to dream about getting to a champions league final and then of course we're talking about a 90 minute game which is all things that we spoke about in the past guys i promise that we'll get into uh this game here but it also has to be you know we have to look ahead a little bit and talk about the the sort of feelings that are around this semi-final right now it's going to be inter who lost by one point the title last year against a milan team who we are currently sitting just behind in uh you know in fifth place they're in fourth place we're just behind them for that last top four spot it's been for years now these two teams battling for the same objectives and as it sits right now we lost the scudetto last year and we have uh you know we have a disadvantage in the league against them and now we have a you know a knockout round tie in the champions league to get to a final against them right now it's setting up if your heart can handle it, it's setting up for either one of the greatest memories you will ever have as an Inter fan or arguably the biggest heartbreak you're ever going to experience. You're going to want to crawl into a hole and never come out again. It The ultimate bragging rights are on the line in this one. Bro, I, I said it in spaces that if... If we lost this game tonight and we and we blew in the quarterfinals, I would walk in front of a truck. Um, if we lost to Milan in the semifinals, I probably would have to like send myself on a rocket to the moon and just never come back. Yeah. Just let the oxygen run out in space because I'll never want to speak to anyone or hear from anyone again um, if this happens. And I mean, listen, there's already trash talk going on between Interisti and Milanista, and, and you know it's. It's gonna be, it, they're, bro. There's, they're, things are being said that you know you can't take once back. It's out, there, it's out there. You cannot take it back, man. And and people are. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of bookmarks. I'm seeing people, you know, screenshots. You know, they're getting their receipts. I gotta be careful because I run my mouth sometimes. So I, you know, I don't want to. You do gotta be careful. Getting, you do getting caught in 4K, man. Because I'll I'll be whew, I'll be ended so fast if if these if this comes out. You know, we're in in Milan's favor, so. But yeah, it, listen, for now, let's enjoy it. It's more money for our broke club. Mm. I'm hoping that, that you know, Investcorp was, uh, you know, in a different, maybe maybe they were sitting uh, in a different section in Benfica stuff, so they yeah. blended in or yep. something. But this this has to bode well for our chances of being sold to, and not just to Investcorp, to anyone. We have to look appealing in that, in that regard. And I'm hoping that the further we progress, the faster maybe negotiations progress too. That's... I listen. I have no insight. Obviously, I have no information. No, I know nothing. But I'm hopeful that that that, that may have some type of impact for us. Yeah, I, you know the fact that it is. This is a European Cup competition, but once you get to the semifinals, I think that's when it really does become like global audience, right? Where like you know, the the casuals are going to be all over uh real madrid man city the hardcores are going to love inter milan in the semifinals and you're right like it is there is now a, a microscope on our club right now and it is a good thing i do think that um 
it's still going to be sort of an ugly divorce between us and Sooning um, that I hope happens sooner rather than later, but that's for, for another day, another pod. All right, let's get into this game uh, quickly. It's not your typical, like, you know, your, your typical tie. When you're coming into it with a 2-0 lead, you're not, you know, both teams have to play the uh, the game a little bit differently. Um, so let's get into that first half. I thought in the first half, like, you know, we started the game with our high energy pressing, but we were sort of conceding possession to Benfica, which, again, it wasn't it wasn't hurt, hurting us, right? The onus was on them to make something happen, and we were just, you know, we're comfortable. We're comfortable defending. It, it, it has to be said. I mean... You know, it gives me a heart attack every single game, but the guys are comfortable, you know, defending and and hitting on the counter. Um, And eventually in the 13th minute, we get, I don't know that this goal is going to get appreciated for how amazing it was and how crucial Barella was during the entire period of the goal being set up. He he wins the tackle, flicks it perfectly over the defender and lays it off to Lautaro, receives it. Cuts back beautifully and with his left foot lashes it into the top corner. An absolutely stunning goal. Stunning goal from Barella. World class. And man, you know, you think about what's happened over these two these two legs. Is he the MVP of these these two legs here, this quarterfinal tie? Bro, without a question. Without a question, is he he's the MVP. The kid I mean, he elevated himself for us into the, these games. And you know what? Like, people who know me know I'm a University of Miami football fan. And one great player, Santana Moss, once said, big-time players make big-time plays. And that's what Nicolo Barella did for us over two legs, big plays. The, the, the goal in the first leg, massive, coming off a header, great ball in from Bastoni. I mean, we know that combination is money. We talked about it on the pod last week. And then this one, like you said, with the, the build-up play and to be able to have the composure to do it on his weaker foot and curl it top corner like that. I mean, bro, like when when people were, you know, people had nerves. I wasn't really too nervous, but, you know, I, I can understand why, you know, this, this team is Pazza Inter. So, but to, to really just set the tempo with that and kind of like put an ease over the crowd, that's that's massive given the circumstances. And my goodness, like, you know, it's... So he's such a good player. Like when people get mad at him, I, I don't understand it. You know, yes, you know, he may look a little tired or he may make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Nobody is. So why are we giving this guy who's what, 24, 25 years old, such a hard time when he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't show up, yes. Does our team play worse? I would think so. I I, I kind of, you know, Brozovic may be the heartbeat, but I feel like Barella is the... I don't know the the the, the legs the, the the engine whatever you want to call it like I mean it's the kid is so crucial to our success and to our ability to move forward and to, and to to break through the lines and listen I'm so happy for him he he is my favorite player I, although Onana might be passing him in in soon but you know that it, the way he was able to do that and and score that goal massive for us and I'm so happy that you know that he got that three things one, everything that he did in that action from winning the ball to, you know, striking it into uh, the top corner was absolutely world class Two, 
the dip in his performances this year has never been about his level of quality as a footballer. It's been about the fact that he's had to play an ungodly amount of minutes for any professional footballer on planet Earth. An ungodly amount of minutes. Okay? Compare this, you know, uh, I mean, take into account also the last several years with Conte, this this kid has been run into the ground and he still has, he's never lost a little bit of quality. Um, it's just been a matter of the fact that he, he's been he's been worked. The third thing that comes to mind after, you know, I immediately texted you or you actually texted me saying that uh, you knew that they were going to kill this off early. Um, and I was saying, you know, just how important it is to get that first goal. After that half unfolded, Benfica grew into the game. They end up getting a goal from a miscommunication between Darmian and Acerbi and Dumfries, frankly. Um, Rafa Silva puts the ball into the into the box and Frederick Orsnes gets a perfect header past Onana. Nothing he can do about it to tie the game 1-1. After thinking about it, having initially thought it's good to get the early goal so you sort of kill the game off, do you think that it would have been better if Benfica's goal and Inter's first goal had been reversed so that Inter would have been able to kill the momentum prior to getting into the half. Because frankly, you know, like you said, you weren't nervous about this game, but once they scored that first goal and they were having all the momentum going into the second half, I started to feel a little bit anxious about what was going to happen because I knew, you know, if they're able to get a quick goal to start the second half, then it's, then it's all hell breaks loose. Maybe it's naive, naive naivety. Naive, I don't know. Maybe it's me being naive. Naivete. Naivete. Whatever. I don't care. I'm not an English major. Um, but I, I don't know. I it, it didn't. Affect, I mean, listen. I I was upset with it. I don't know why. To me, the the, the goal. I mean, I know Darmian kept him on side, but to me, the mistake was really Acherbi. Um, why he was over there? Why he was pushed up the way he was? I'll never understand it. I mean, listen. Anyone who knows me has seen me complain about him thinking he has the, the freedom to, to wander and, and take these liberties as if he is Bastoni. You're not like you, you don't have the speed. You don't have the, the skill set that he has. Like just please stop. But it is what it is. I, it, it upset me of course, because I felt like, okay, it did give him a little bit of life. However, in my mind, right. And listen, you can call this, you know, me being stupid too. I didn't think we were going to give up two goals without scoring again. I felt like if they were going to keep pushing, we were going to have opportunities to hit him on the counter, to find them in 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 you know in, in situations where we had the man advantages, pu- pushing up against them, and that we would be able to find some cheap goals if if that was going to be the case. So they had all the pressure on them, Benfica, in my opinion. That's why they were able to. It, it did breathe a little bit of life for them because even when you know when Barella scored that goal, it looked like it kind of like just took the wind out of their sails real quickly. But I just I was at ease and. I mean, yeah. I mean, do I wish it would have been flipped over? Because, yeah, because I feel like that would have just murdered them too and just, yeah, it would have just crushed them. Uh, Yeah, I guess, yeah, in a perfect world, yeah. But I still was not too worried about it, you know. That very scenario almost happened uh, in the 32nd minute, five minutes before Arsenal scores. um, Lautaro actually had a goal disallowed, right? So we went from potentially going into the second half with a 4 nothing aggregate advantage um, which would have been something sweet to sit on. Uh, but instead, we go into the second half 1-1. Um, I very quickly want to touch on a few of the performances in the first half, and you know, you can give me your opinions there. Um, 
I, I, you know, again, this is not negative. I'm strictly just pointing out some stuff that happened in the game. Let's, let's stop right now. No, <laughs> we, this is stuff that happened in the game. Okay. Horrendous. Guys, if you want his, his at is Alex Rafa. Yes. If you got any, if you want to get mad at him for being one straight negative, you'll tweet at him. I'm not, I'm not being negative. <laughs> we have to talk about these things, guys. Everyone has to be able to talk about these things. Horrendous crossing from Dumfries. Very sloppy clearances from DiMarco. Jekko. Oh yeah, Dumfries. these are things that happened. Jekko. I just don't even want to, I don't even want to talk about him ever. <laughs> Jekko was being used as the outlet pass, but never seemed to really control the ball, right? So yeah. those are three things that the only reason, I, again, I want to point it out is because simple differences in quality of the players on the pitch can make a huge difference for this team. And I'm talking about looking forward. Right. If we can turn this thing around, there are places for us to be be upgrading um, this team. Uh, one of the the players that has to be talked about in a very positive light, um, really towards the end of that that first half and into the second half was Lautaro. He really, really started growing into the game in terms of. Um, you know, being able to control the ball as it was played to him. He had a couple nice little flicks and tricks here, uh, being able to break the lines and buy us some time by, you know, warding off two or three challenges and sprinting up the field. All those things, even though it didn't directly lead to a goal in that first half, they take pressure off of your defense in a moment where we were under it. So I thought, you know, Lautaro had himself uh the kind of game that we've been waiting for yeah man listen i i said it uh in the space before before the game that i thought that he was going to break his duck um today obviously me being the genius that i am i was right uh but yeah like you said i mean he was able to 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 show his merit like what i think goes unnoticed and i'm guilty of it too i'm not you know he does a lot of little things that just get forgotten throughout a match his ability to control a ball, his touch, you know, you know, I really wish if, if he could get his passing down right, like he had a, that ball that he played when they had a three on two where he played up to DiMarco. I mean, I would say maybe a, a foot too hard or a foot too far, you know, that was nearly perfection, but he's not a, he's not a midfielder. That's not really a part of his game, but he's he does have that ability in him. And if he could unlock that, too, I mean. I've never saw him as a hitman for us. You know, I mean, there, yes, he has these moments, these these instances where he gets cold for eight, nine, ten games. It's ridiculous. Like you get frustrated because then then he scores in bunches, which makes no sense. Like he and he could score bangers, like one timers and stuff. But this game, you know, he was able to show his worth outside of the goals, which I think always goes unnoticed and forgotten with him. Um, and by me too, you know, like I've 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 been guilty of saying I, I would sell him, I would do this, I would that. I'm not, you know. Um, but then he has, he does has a game like today, and I'm reminded like why he's so valuable and why like if we need a guy like whomever he could say Escamaca Retegi, I can't even think of another like a guy who is like just a finisher. But you get somebody who can just get on Icardi like you've been sharing. You know, you get Icardi back, and now with no Wanda, you know, so no head case, no drama, hopefully. And he and Lautaro does all the hard work for him and can get him the ball and. La- my goodness, like it could be, it could be something dangerous and special. Like 
Then they and and Icardi's the kind of guy who can you know you're down one nothing and he'll score a goal out of nothing. It'll be like an ugly cross from well let's say Dumfries or Di Marco or whomever, and then it's in the back of the net. And that guy played with much worse talent, so this should be easy to him in, in my opinion. But back to Lautaro, I mean the guy was just influential in in every aspect, and and it felt like he had a point to prove too, like he wanted to to win back the the love of the crowd and and to show that hey we're not we're not done yet. You know, and, and and I feel like that's what that's what a leader does. You know, he he had been talking the talk, but he hadn't been walking the walk on the pitch. And and this time it, it, it just it all clicked and everything worked out. And I'm, I'm so happy for him to, to break that duck. And that could be huge for us going back to the league. Listen, we don't have to go into that. But like if he gets one, he can start rolling like he is like a snowball. Like he gets bigger as it is as it rolls along. So let's just hope that this 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 opens the floodgates for him and and my gosh i'm i'm just happy you know we have him of course and we, he is a milan killer so that's good he news is. for us too i i agree with everything that you said there and when you think about prime lautaro it was with prime lukaku it was with a striker that the other defenders had to be worried about it was with a striker who was clinical lautaro shown because he was able to do all the dirty work and wasn't asked to to do everything. This season, it does feel like his strike partners have sort of let him down. But tonight, like you said, it seems like he took that responsibility onto his shoulders. Um, and I thought he was immense with, you know, the sort of service that he was working with. All right, let's jump into uh, the second half here. Um, immediately Benfica comes out throwing on David Neres, who we saw at the end of the first leg was their, really their main threat. Once he came on, you know, on the right wing, cutting into his left foot, uh, he was really making things happen. And that was no different here at the start of the second half. Inter were under a lot, a lot of pressure here. Um, Mainly, you know, there were there were things that we were doing incorrectly. There was a, a bad giveaway from from Brozovic, um, but eventually we sort of settled into the game um, once we had our defensive block in a in a position that you know we were pretty confident confident with. Um, it was looking like there was about 20 to 25 minutes where Benfica were really dominant and it was looking like we were extremely exhausted at that point. I kept looking at the clock thinking how has so little time gone by and also thinking this is not like Inzaghi to not make the subs. Our guys that started this match, they were in this for a very, very long time. The first subs that Inzaghi made was, let me see, uh, 75th minute. Yeah. Something around that. Yeah. 75th minute. Um, So we really, you know, our guys worked hard in the second half. Our guys were phenomenal. I mean, for the most part, I would say the starting guys. You know, once the subs came on, well, I shouldn't even know. Lukaku and and uh, Correa were, were were good on the second half, but like the defensive subs were were a little little left you you know lacking. But um, I mean, listen, they've been under so much scrutiny. These players, they've been under the microscope. They've been taking hits from the fan base from from the papers from whomever really like they've just been taking a beating and to take all that i mean look at look at even what like the they were trying to stir up drama because of what happened with onana and in, in brozovic in, in training you know like but they take the that adversity and they just throw it back out there and i'm just i'm very happy with the way that they performed i don't you know i don't think that 
I don't think that they want to give up on the season and they don't want to give up on the Champions League. And I think that they they see that they can do something special here and that they can actually go out and and make history against all odds. You know, this is this is big stuff. Like to me, this would be bigger than than when Chelsea won with Tuchel or when Chelsea won with Di Matteo. Like this team, although there is talent up and down the pitch, and the, and I, I would think that you know we we can when we're on our game outside of maybe, you know, the Real Madrid's or the Bayern Munichs or now City that they won, I think we can beat anyone. But I also think that at any given moment, we could beat anyone too. You know, it's it's not just because of, of them having superior talent. I think that we can play up to that level. We've seen it all season. When the chips are down and the odds are against us, this team just outperforms it. When we're the favorites or when we're expected to win, that's that's when you need to be worried because you never know what they're going to do. But I'm I'm just very happy and proud of the performance and, and what they were able to to do and it's not over, man. Like let's let, let's take grab this moment and and bottle it up and and carry it into the semis and hopefully be able to to pull off a a, a big a big you know opportunity there, man. And you talk about you know backs against the wall. We give up that goal late in the first half. Benfica starts believing. 20 minutes into the second half, they've been on our asses. And then what happens? That Just that moment of like, put your, your chance away, put this tie to bed, 65th minute, a little combination from Gitarian and DiMarco on the left-hand side releases DiMarco into the box. And I, you know, I criticized his crossing in the first half because I think it was criticizable. Yep. This time, puts it on a plate. Our strikers, for the first time in how many months? Two, three months? Oh, no, a month. A month. First goal from open play from a striker since March 6th. That is insane. Yeah. That is insane. Lautaro has a peach of a touch first, right into the bottom corner. we've been able to finish a tap-in. <laughs> oh. 65 minutes in, Inter takes a 2-1 lead on aggregate. That would be 4-1. And at that point in time, the the away side is I was is, popping is bottles with models, bro, once we got that one. That's it. Yeah. It's tough to get back into the game. I mean, after that goal, Benfica did, you know, they did press forward and they did keep pushing us, but you could tell that they have the wind taken out of their sails a little bit. Um, we get uh, the subs. So uh, Lukaku. Real, real quick, isn't it bad? Like after that Lautaro goal, all I could think of was Vince Carter with the it's over. Like I was yeah. just picturing that it's gift. Over. It's, it's over. over. <laughs> like, I'll, I will be honest. Um, it took me out of it a little bit, right? I started thinking about the podcast and, you know, what, what I wanted to talk about here. I mean, you know, I, I watched the game, but after that point, you're right. Like, it did feel like this was pretty much wrapped up. And that's that's how it played out on the pitch for most of the second half. So the subs come on, um, Lautaro, Jaco and Barella off for Lukaku, Correa, and Charanoglu comes in. Um, some players had some good moments. One especially beautiful moment was Joaquin Correa, who finds himself with a little bit of space in the box. And he makes it three one with a fucking where had the where the fuck has this been? I mean, what's going on? Yeah, Baltado starts it with the tap in, and then next thing you know, Correa is scoring world class goals. What what was going on? 
But the man is shameless because then he's got the balls to do the celebration where he's got ice in his veins. Buddy, you maybe score three, four goals a year. You're not a finisher. I mean, Brit, listen, gorgeous finish. And the way he undressed and turned Otamendi, like, I mean, that guy's been finished for a few years now, I've been saying. So I don't know why Benfica fans were rating him. They, you know, they were so happy he was back. I thought he was going to be a liability all game. Like, it was just, it's so funny to me. But anyone who has ever seen Correa play knows he's going to try to keep it on his right foot. And the fact that he allowed himself to open up and be just embarrassed like that by Joaquin Correa, of all people, you know, as 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 uh, my buddy Tony says, cuckoo Torreya, um, you know, it's just, it's bad. But my God, what a finish. Um, and that's it. Like, I was, I was ready to just, bro, like, I was going to turn off the game. I was going to go for a run. Like, just let's celebrate. I don't even care. Like, I mean gorgeous finish uh you could i if you look at the replay it's funny though you see lukaku pissed that he doesn't pass the ball and he doesn't even celebrate the goal initially <laughs> but yeah man i mean that was huge for us and i'm so happy that uh you know maybe maybe he decides that he could start being a player for this team and finally helping you know a little more than just being on the bench and, and injured so i just because I realized that we're talking about the third goal that Inter scored, which is something that we haven't talked about a third goal being scored by Inter. And I can't even remember how long it's been. I just checked the XG for this game. Inter's XG was 1.26. We scored three goals, Johnny. 1.26? If we keep the XG below 1.5, we'll score more. We'll score more. We doubled it up. We more than doubled it up. And you know what? And the other flip side of this too, Benfica's XG was 0.65. And we gave up three goals. I mean, chaos. Don't don't tell me that. Don't tell me (laughs) What was this game? What was this game? After the Correa goal, you know, Bastoni comes comes off for D'Ambrosio. Gosens comes in for Di Marco. Brozovic has a terrible giveaway. Not his best game today. Um, Antonio Silva scores a header off a corner and then some more chaos in the the box and Peter Musa scores, making it 3-3. Who cares about those last two? I mean, part of me is like, come on. I do just because it costs us a couple mil. Yeah, I did. I did see that. What what was that in regards to? If you don't, for every win? For every win, you get almost almost $3 million for every win. I don't know what you get for ties or, or losses. I don't even know if you get... But you get, you know, a nice a nice chunk of change for W's. So that kind of, for a bro Take club it. like us, I kind of... Take stink, it off Bastoni's renewal. <laughs> oh, bro, don't say stuff like that. Take an extra year. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so this game wraps up uh, 3-3. I mean, it was, it was fun. Like, this game was a fun watch. We had an early moment of, like, hysteria... We had nerves at the end of the first half. This is like classic Pazza. This game was classic Pazza Inter. Okay, now you're nervous going into the second half. Second half, Benfica starts dominating the game. And then next thing you know, two beautiful goals from our strikers. And then we finish up with uh, some poor defensive plays. So just a mess of an Inter game, but... I couldn't be happier right now. I don't want to think about the league. I don't want to think about anything else other than the fact that we got the job done today. I don't even care about the game with Empoli. I really don't. I really don't. 
I don't want to watch it. I don't want to. I may just come on the pod and just and just lie the whole time because I just I want to enjoy this moment for longer than three days. You understand? Like it's, we we we, it, we it's I almost feel like we're bipolar. You know, we got highs and then we that's got low what lows it is. That's highs. exactly what it is. Like, I can't even. We root it. for two different teams. We do. And we get to we watch do. that. We get to watch those teams once a week. And once a week, we're going to hate ourselves. And once a week, we're going to love ourselves. And guess what? It's the same fucking team. I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do it. Seriously. No, this, like, if no. we lose against if we lose against Empoli and we go, we fall further, like, it, that basically confirms top four is impossible. It's, it's impossible. Just, there's not yeah. that many games left. So if we Especially lose to Empoli, with the, the news coming we're basically... Don't I know. forget that, yeah. like that, like that's coming out. So, and it looks like they're gonna get their points back. So now we're going from fifth to sixth. Yeah, like we five, can't... four or five points off Roma. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's bro, the thing. Can't... Like, oh my god, it, your season essentially ends with Empoli if you don't win that game, and then you know we're basically looking forward to two games against Milan for. Yo, confirmed. Milan have the home game first, so we're the home team second. Yes, let's go. Good. Let's go. Good. It worked oh, out here. Oh my gosh, bro, that's that's massive for us. Oh, when you bro. said when you said confirmed Milan, I thought you were because we were just talking about the points. I thought you were gonna say <laughs> they got points taken, dude. You just Imagine. scared the fuck out of oh, me. That- Imagine I broke that on this. I made up a story. No, no, yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, no. <laughs> May tenth, May sixteenth. Oh, May. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. So that means that that the... not even a full week. Yeah, that means that that's stupid. The Wednesday and the Tuesday. So that so then so Real Madrid and Man City get Tuesday and the Wednesday, so they get eight days. See, like that's stupid. Yeah. Well. They're clearly showing uh, yeah. which game they really care about. Even though, like, they should be promoting the shit out of having a Milan Derby as Bro, as the real. semifinal. I mean, that's that's all they should be talking to. I don't know how many amazing Madrid Man City games we have to look back on, but whatever, uh, whatever. I'm not I'm not trying to get this mood ruined. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk. Uh, you want to talk man of the match? Who are you gonna give it to, bro? There's only one guy to give it to, and if you don't give it to the same guy, I'm I'm hitting end stop on the podcast right away. It's Nicolo Barella. This guy, that banger. Oh my yeah. god, dude! I'm watching the replay on my phone like 175,000 times. I'm not even that move, yeah. that touch in the box to free himself and give himself the space, and then to curl it with his left foot. Bro, that ended it. That ended it. I went ballistic after that goal, and I can't. I, I can't say enough good things about him. I can't say enough good things about what he means to this team, his love for the club. Like maybe that's why I love him because he he uh, he just he's an interista through and through. So <sighs> he is the man of the match. And if you disagree, I hate you. But you can disagree. Go ahead. We we, we talked about uh, the little things. With Lautaro, it's also the things with Nicolo, like at the start of the match when he does a full-on sprint right into the keeper's face. Like, even though he had no chance of getting the ball, like it's those little things where as a fan, you love to see it because you know when you're seeing that stuff from him early on in the game, 
that he's revved up and, you know, he's going to be flying. I love watching him just fly across the pitch. Oh, like, oh, being, yeah. He pressures when, when you see Barella pressuring the center backs in front of our two strikers, like, you know, he's getting after it and you see him waving people forward. It's those things matter as well. Like just to give the team the extra boost. It's not just the world-class goals, which it seems like every time he puts the ball in the back of the net, it's a fucking, it's part of an amazing goal, whether he's accepting a pass from Bastoni or not. But anyway, yeah, uh, the it's Nicolo. Um, any other players, standout performances that you want to talk about, both positive or critical? I mean, you know, we yeah, we already covered Lautaro, how good he was. Um, I'm fuck it, I'm gonna say it. Go ahead. Brozo was not at his best today, man. No, not he wasn't. He wasn't. No. But I mean, I don't know. I don't from a giveaway perspective. Yeah, there was from a, lot. a giveaway there perspective. Yeah, thank goodness we weren't burned, and maybe that's why it's just gonna get swept under the rug. But yeah, it is. It is a cause for concern. Um, maybe Onana chopped on his foot a little too hard and he just couldn't couldn't get the passes today <laughs> maybe maybe yeah i don't you know what like i, I mean no, it wasn't a, a great game it wasn't well it wasn't a terrible game from onana either you know i don't really fault him on on any of the goals like what's he gonna do no um, it's the only thing you hate to see about that is that it's he has this amazing record in the champions league and that obviously like if yeah. you only look at the numbers that's gonna hurt it yeah. Um, but yeah, good game from him. All right. All right. <laughs> I think we're done here. We're I think done. we're in and out, man. Easy peasy, bro. These thing these this is the most bipolar podcast of all time. It is. It we're is. Only, we, we sound we're so only fifteen episodes in, man. <laughs> imagine if we had this going for tens also, of seasons. Imagine, that imagine if we started of. this well, let's say this we started this last season with how, how that year went. Yeah, and then imagine, if, imagine, imagine not... if we, talk, we, we talked about the the Di Marco penalty miss against Atalanta, and then the Lataro miss in the derby, and then Dude, the game the against comp- Genoa, and then the Radu incident. Oh my! The God. Radu incident. There two episodes would have been the most meltdowns. The Radu incident, or like yeah. the day that Conte left. Like it would have been very like oh, what the fuck God, just can happened. Can you imagine if we had Oof. like a what the fuck just happened? You know, this summer we're gonna have some like emergency pods because signings. Yeah. There's no you know match yeah. days. Like yeah. a signing is gonna be made. Oh man, yeah. I'm both excited and terrified. But this is part of what <laughs> being an Inter fan is. Yep, spot on, bro. Spot All on. right, guys. Thank you for jumping on, listening to episode 15, the post-match recap for Inter Benfica. We are on to the semis. We are on to the semis. And in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi. Forza ragazzi.